0: Hello and welcome to Spirit Life Applied, Episode 5, Your Inheritance Secured. It's, the title today is Your Inheritance Secured. We're looking at Ephesians Chapter 1 and today it's verses 11 through 14. And we're going to talk about how we have an inheritance and how God has showed us that we have that. You know, if I were to tell you today that you have won the Publishers Clearinghouse sweepstakes and you are set for life, you're going to have plenty of income for the rest of your life, you'd get pretty excited. But what we're talking about today is actually uh, more powerful, more of, of a blessing to you, and, it, and it's eternal. So we, we can uh, rejoice in the fact that God has already shown us through these verses how that he has a great destiny for us. And because we believe in Jesus, we are brought in. And we're going to just talk about the details of that. It says in verse 11, in him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be the To the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In him in whom all also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. In the Amplified Bible it reads like this. In Him we also were made God's heritage portion, and we obtained an inheritance. For we had been foreordained, chosen, and appointed beforehand in accordance with His purpose, who works out everything in agreement with the counsel and design of His own will, so that we who first hoped in Christ, who first put our confidence in Him, have been destined and appointed to live for the praise of His glory, In him you also who have heard the word of truth, the glad tidings, or the gospel of your salvation, and have believed in and adhered to and relied on him, were stamped with the seal of the long-promised Holy Spirit. That spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance, the first fruits, or the pledge and the foretaste, or the down payment on our heritage in anticipation of its full redemption and our acquiring complete possession of it. To the praise of his glory. So, verse 11 and 12 talks about how we have obtained that inheritance. When you were uh, born again and you gave your heart to Jesus, you became part of God's family, and your Father, God the Father, owns it all. He made this world, and it is for His pleasure, and we are just living on borrowed property, really. And we're stewards of this uh, land that we live in and this life that we have. He has granted us all things that pertain to God, life and to godliness. And he has created all things. And there's not anything that's been made that didn't come from something he already made. So he owns it all. And because he owns it all, he has chosen to make us his heirs. He has made us his children. So we become Heirs to everything that God desires for us to have and it was his idea all along you know it talks about it how he predestined us and you can go back and listen to the previous s episodes that talk about destiny and that will answer a lot of questions you might have about that term to be predestined but we when we believe he always works things out to fulfill his plan and he he causes us uh, to come in alignment with the principles of this great kingdom that we have become inheritors of or heirs of. And we can know that we're part of something far more amazing than we can even imagine. That it's It's incredible how rich we are in Christ and how blessed we are and how much He has done for us. You know, heaven is going to be a place that... There will be no more sickness. There will be no death. There will be no sorrow. No more mourning. No more loss of life. Uh, There will be only the good and the beautiful. And there will be no sin. There will be no corruption. There will be no politics. Hallelujah. You know, what we're going through in these, these last days in this country of America that I live in is... Sure has shown that there's so much uh corruption that's out there, but we can know that we are part of a greater kingdom, not just a uh, government or a uh, providence or whatever you live in, where uh there's certain a system of ruler rules and and ruling those who rule over you and things like this, but you belong to the kingdom of God, and as a Christian. You're an inheritor of something way more amazing than any politician could ever promise you. And we need to rejoice in that today. That we're part of a kingdom that is greater and bigger than uh, we could ever imagine in this earth. And God owns it all. So it says, you know, we've, we've obtained that inheritance. And in, th- in verse 13, it talks about how the Holy Spirit is the seal What does that mean? You know, you say, well, I don't, you know, don't relate to that. And let's just look at what the Fire Bible, how the commentary reads, the Holy Spirit is given to believers as God's mark of ownership. By giving us the Spirit, God marks us as his own. You can look at 2 Corinthians 1 and 22. The Holy Spirit's presence in our lives is the evidence that we are God's adopted children. Can you feel his presence? It's evidence that we're God's adopted children and that our relationship with God is real. We can know that we really belong to God when the Spirit renews us spiritually and restores us to personal relationship with God. And you can look at John one twelve through thirteen. You know, when we receive in salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit, and he comes and he begins a work and he he rejuvenates us and we become new on the inside. He he helps us to realize that our sins are cleansed away and our past is behind us. And we have an awareness that we belong to God. And you know, there was a guy in the Gospel of John, his name was Nicodemus, and he came to Jesus saying, you know, you're a great teacher, and we know that we recognize you. And and he indicated that, you know, he felt like Jesus was uh, someone that could give him eternal life. And and Nicodemus said, uh, said to Jesus, he said, uh, how can a man be born when he is old? Jesus said to him, you know, you, you've got to be born again to inherit the kingdom of God or, can, or to see the kingdom of God, it says. And, and he says, well, Jesus, how can a man, you know, be born again when he's old? He can't go back into his mother's womb. You know, what do you mean by that? Well, Jesus answers him and he says, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Don't marvel that I said to you you must be born again. Like don't don't be confused, don't be um don't be uh allowed to to uh, wonder, you know, why I would say this, but yet understand he says the wind blows where it wishes to and you hear the sound of it but you can't tell where it's coming from and where it's going and so is everyone that's born of the spirit so he's saying you know we all have to we're all when we're born where we come from a, a watery sack that uh, in our mother's womb and that we're born of water but he's saying you you got to be born again in your spirit you know a human is born and as they grow and they realize their sinful ways, God makes us aware and we're presented the gospel at some time. I pray and hope and believe that others will, that we understand that we need God. And there's, that's a, an awakening that's happening inside of us. It's our spirit man. And he's saying, you must be born again. And it's just like the wind. There's no denying When the wind blows, because you see the effects of it, you see the the leaves falling, you see the branches swaying back and forth, and you feel that wind blowing on your skin. You feel the effects of it, but yet you don't understand oftentimes which direction it's coming from or where it's headed. But it's, he says, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. When you receive Jesus in your heart, you feel a change. Just like the wind blowing on your skin, you feel a change inside of you. And old things are passed away, and everything is new. And there's a joy that comes. There's a great relief of satisfaction, of the guilt being washed away. Well, that's, that's the Spirit. When you feel that change, that's the Holy Spirit coming and revealing And giving you uh, the experience of salvation. So that is the simplest way, you know, and the way that Jesus described it. So that is one work of the Holy Spirit and how He puts His mark. God puts His mark on us by sending the Holy Spirit to reveal these things. And we can feel the change. And it, it will come out in our actions the Holy Spirit, you know, when he comes, he helps us to be aware that we've been free from sin. we're no longer sin does not have dominion over us anymore. look at romans eight one through seventeen you'll find that there's there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who don't walk after this uh, after this flesh and our own sinful desires anymore, but we walk after the Spirit and if you look at, at Galatians. 5, 16 through 26, you will see how we can walk in the Spirit. It says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of this flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy. Murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let's not be conceited, provoking one another, or envying one another. This is a very powerful verse, and I want to encourage you, it's Galatians 5, 16-26, I want to encourage you to go back and look at this scripture and examine it and look up the definitions of these words that are listed as works of the flesh. Because we're living in a society that would deceive many, and many are teaching today that we can live however our flesh our sinful nature inside desires and we can still go to heaven but that's not what he's teaching here he says though that they those who do these things will not inherit the kingdom of god the first two that are listed is adultery and the second is fornication fornication is sex outside of a marriage between a man and a woman. God's plan is for sex to be between men and women who are in a covenant of marriage. That's his design. That's his word. That's brought out over and over again. And when we commit fornication, we are sinning against our own body and we are disinheriting ourselves from the kingdom of God. If, if we were at one time saved and we decide that we're going to go uh, live in a relationship where we have sex outside of marriage, we are disinheriting ourselves from God's kingdom. And I, I just feel that if I'm going to speak the truth, I must speak it to you out of love and compassion because I don't want you to be deceived into believing that you can live this lifestyle and still inherit the kingdom of God. And there's such a a difficult uh, time that we're living in with so many people that are confused about this. But the word of God is clear. So study it for yourself. Pray about it. And ask God to help you to walk out the life in the spirit instead of living by your own fleshly, old desires of that old nature, but live according to the desires of the new nature where you have love and joy and peace and you're kind and you're good and you, you practice patience and you're uh, a constant uh, person that, that is a person of their word. You have faithfulness in your life and you practice gentleness. Wow, you know, none of us are perfect, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can walk this way. It's a daily choice. It says those that, that live this way, that we have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That means I make a choice. I die daily. Paul says that in another, word, another uh, scripture. He says, I, I die daily. Uh, he says, I buffet this body daily. In other words, he say, I, I don't allow myself to go by the passions of, and the ways that I used to think, but I live according to the Holy Spirit. So we understand that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit and God has a mark on us and we are kept while we cooperate with him. The Holy Spirit will also give us an awareness of God as our father. Well, you know, we receive the spirit of adoption and you can look at Romans 8 and 15 and Galatians 4 and 6. And we are, there is something in us. All of a sudden, we feel like we belong. We belong as part of the family of God. And there's an intimacy that He wants us to know is there. And He fills us with His power to communicate who He is to others. Look at Acts 1 and 8 and Acts 2 and 4. And I encourage you to study about the baptism in the Holy Spirit There's a definite work there that is separate from what you receive at salvation. And God wants to fill us with His Spirit to an overflowing level. We do have His Spirit when we are saved. But there is a greater measure and a more uh, immersed way of living if we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And you can look up that in the book of Acts and you'll see what he did and you'll see also if you'll study further that in the book of acts over and over again after the initial time when they were baptized in the holy ghost it happened again and again later in years to come so it shows us that it's not just for the beginning of the the establishment of the church but also for today there's so many things we can learn about the work of the holy spirit well it says in verse fourteen that he's a deposit, or he is the earnest of our inheritance. you know when when you buy property you um, you need to to show that you're serious about it, and oftentimes you may be required to put down what they call earnest money. Well, the Holy Spirit is God's down payment on us. It's his way of saying, here is a portion of what I'm going to do. When he sends the Holy Spirit, we feel the joy and the presence of God. But let me tell you, it's nothing compared to what it will be like in heaven, because there'll be no sin. There'll be nothing to inhibit us from experiencing the great glory and power of God. So understand that The Holy Spirit is given to us at salvation, and it's a first installment. It's a guaranteeing of our heavenly inheritance with Christ in this present life. The Holy Spirit is given to us as as followers of Jesus as a down payment of what we will possess more fully in the future. His presence and His work in our lives is a pledge of our future inheritance and our eternal reward. And you could look up Romans 8.23 and 2 Corinthians 1.22 and 2 Corinthians 5 and 5 for more scriptures on that. God loves you today, and He wants to give you a greater measure of the work of the Holy Spirit. And when we pray and ask for Him, for Him to come, the Holy Spirit, who is the third person of the Trinity, we receive... So much more of our inheritance. It's a down payment and it doesn't compare to heaven in eternity. But yet, it gives us such hope and such a refreshing, life-giving endowment or a powerful uh, transformation that we become more aware that we are eternal beings and we have an inheritance with God in heaven. And one day, He's coming back. We're going to go to heaven and we are going to experience that fullness of our inheritance. But until then, He gives us the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. And He wants to move in your life today just like the wind blows and you feel the effects and see it around you. He wants you to feel and see the moving of the Holy Spirit in your own life and use you in that way to affect others in the kingdom of God. God bless you today. I trust that you are getting nourished and fed, and it is my heart's desire that you will grow in the Lord and that everything that I've shared with you will minister to your heart and bless you in Jesus' name.